Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second episode of What Are The Odds? And what are the odds indeed? It's been a great weekend if your name's Gordo. It's been an average one if your name's Baz. If you can hear that, listeners, that's the condensed crisp sound of a uh, blue ice orb microphone that uh, the uh, happy people at uh, Sportsbet and Crownbet conductively have uh, funded for the show because if you took all my bets last week, you did nothing but DJ Coloured, a.k.a. <laughs> all you do is win. And that's all we did. All we did was win. We won on a Friday night. We won on a Saturday night. Uh, we didn't have any bets on a Sunday, so that was all our winning. But uh, yeah, Baz, how's your how's your week been? How's how's the ego? Uh, it's very bruised, <laughs> very very uh, bad. Yeah, I've got no words to explain my last <laughs> weekend, and um, I'm gonna yeah move on to this weekend. Try not to dwell on it too much because it has been eating me away that you beat me last weekend. Yep. I don't like losing at the best of times, and uh, yeah, it's it. Definitely hit a, a nerve. Yeah, there was there was some Facebook messages shared there. It's on stage where it's like, oh, Baz is having a rough old time. He may not come in, but he came in, and that's all good. So we'll do a quick little review of the weekend that that was. Uh, my best bet was uh, Melbourne at minus two and a half to beat Brisbane. Uh, they did that quite convincingly. The score was forty-two to twelve. Uh, it was never in doubt. If you got, if you actually did a little a little flyby there, I said uh, Melbourne was going to win at half and full time. That was just more money in the bank for the uh, for the little listeners out there. Uh, fun little stat now: Brisbane hasn't beaten the Storm at SunCorp since two thousand and nine, when both Baz and I had hair. Like that's how, that's how long it's been since Brisbane have beaten the Storm. Like it's unbelievable. I barely hit puberty in two thousand and nine. Um, did you watch the match at all? Uh, no, I was watching the AFL game. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Uh, wasn't a great match, really. Melbourne were all over them. Uh, yeah, that thousand of uh, the thousand of matches of uh, experience coming back in it surely helped them. And uh, Brisbane, they were going to be all right, but yeah, Storm of the team to beat. What was your best bet for last week, Barrel? My best bet was Port to beat Richmond um, at the line. Mm. And yeah. that go. It didn't go too well. I, I did have a few beers afterwards just to drown my sorrows. And I remember watching up to about th- three-quarter time. And I looked at the, the stats the next day thinking, how did Port lose this game? Mm-hmm. Uh, more contested possessions, smash shooting contested possessions, more inside 50s, beat you at the stoppages, beat you at center clearances, beat you in the clearances, beat you in free kicks. Everything. If, if you didn't watch the game and you looked at the stats, you'd think, Port won this by a bit, you know? That they did well, but they just didn't. They didn't capitalise on their scoring opportunities. They, you know, three more scoring shots only on the game. You also had three rush behind, so it's actually six more scoring shots, and just inaccuracy. Um, and yeah, I can't believe Richmond is still winning. It really hurts because I don't think they're that good still. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're doing a bit of a bit of the Western Bulldogs from last year playing above themselves but if they win a flag I suppose that's all you really care about exactly um, yeah to be honest you look at that game it wasn't a great game football was the loser but punters were the winner um, and that's that's all there is to it the, really the only thing that I could, could have predicted was the uh, under 163 because I just knew if Richmond were going to get up there was going to be an absolute shit fight so 
Uh, the beers taste good, and the seven dollars per dollar spent in the bank was great. Um, the footy was not, and yeah, I agree. Like we're not playing. Richmond aren't playing great footy, but they are still winning. And as uh, Western Bulldogs showed last year, it doesn't matter how good your footy is if you keep winning, you're gonna win a flag. So. I did like Younger's bet though because looking afterwards at the, a few of the stats going around on all the teams Richmond are second in the comp for least points against yeah at, which is 77 so you, you know they're not going um, to leak this, many, yeah. yeah they're not going to leak many so the Younger's bet was a good bet probably in the end yeah well, obviously so that was my shout the pub bet and hopefully you all did uh, my value bet was uh, Cronulla Sharks to win against the Sydney Roosters by 13 or more uh, and they did that quite convincingly in a 42 to 12 win uh, if you're on that you got your 550 for that um, which was money for jam really I don't know why the bookies did that bookies must have really had a bad weekend because there were some there were some outsiders got up some of the bets like that got up um, and yeah Cronulla second best team in the NRL uh, by far better than the inconsistent Roosters and uh, good riddance because the Roosters are all dogs. So um, The punters didn't have a bad weekend. Exactly. They, they took all my money instead. So yeah, yeah. What you won, they took of mine. Exactly. That's, what, that's, what, that's how it goes. It swings and roundabouts. <laughs> uh, and your value bet? Was... I, I, I to yep. the races at, um, at Caulfield, uh, race one in this stand, which were around third. If I'd have known this on Wednesday, Friday, uh, Tony McAvoy came out, the, the, the trainer, and said that it wasn't really set for this race. You wanted to see how it went and then take it into the spring. Uh, so I, I loaded up a bit more on the place bet, which I only got $2.34. Um, so if, in future with my bets, I generally do stake out, especially horses, stake stake my bets. So if it's going to pay more than $1.80, $1.90 in the place, I will uh, outlay more on the place than the win which I did that and a lot of love which was race five did absolutely donuts and I see it's backing up again this weekend but I'm not going to staying right away yes. giving it the donuts even though Craig Williams after his poor ride on Saturday got suspended for a ride, race prior to that I believe um, he's not riding this weekend but he'll probably get up now but I'm not touching it still yeah fair enough too um, and that were all your bets for the weekend yeah, I had a few tennis uh, shout the bar. Oh, yeah. yeah, and how they got up? Lopez retired hurt. <laughs> Curios retired hurt. <laughs> Muller is still in the tournament and he won in straight sets, only serving eight aces. The leader's on 44, so I'm struggled <laughs> down there as well. <laughs> um, and I did also uh, have Adelaide at the line, which didn't get covered. No, no, it was it was a weird game, weird week of AFL. Um, so yeah, all in all, uh, one weekend. You all know who the betting expert is. Unfortunately, betting doesn't work like that, and I'll probably never win again for the rest of the history of the podcast. So <laughs> I'll revel in it while I can. But I'm sure you know if you are there's a well, not an old saying, it's just fact, just mathematical fact. If you can get over fifty percent of bets up and you stake correctly. You might, 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 if you're lucky, have a chance of being the bookies. So, yeah, this is just a big up in what will sure be a slow descent back to uh, back to the mean. But enough about our maths chat. We'll get on to looking at what's the angle for the weekend. So we went away with some homework. As Baz mentioned, he's going to do it. He did a little bit more of a further deep dive into the championships or Wimbledon, as they are, as they are pronounced. 
And uh, yeah, other than just hunting the aces, he did a little bit more research into uh, yeah how he can make some money on the championships whilst and give us a good excuse to stay up at night. So what have you found? Well, head-to-head betting is pointless unless you get five or six in a row. And even then, like $1.16, $1.17 for favourites. Or if you're lucky enough to you know get an outsider, good luck to you. Um, so I did go back to the aces technique, which... I thought it did well, yep. um, but I think just backing the outright winner, also the, the stage of elimination. So, for instance, you know you get Federer, if he gets eliminated in the semi-final, he's probably going to make the last four, uh, or even runner-up, you got $4.50 and $6, so you can stake that out and definitely make a claim. Uh, and Rainich, I like him at the moment, so anywhere from round three onwards, you get seven dollars for round three, semi-final $11, runner-up $15. So there definitely is some value there. Um, and in the ladies, I just backed uh, Contact to win at 13s. But looking at the women, it is impossible to pick a winner, I reckon, at the moment. It's so open. You know, you had Ostapenko win the French, um, and it's just a very open. We've already had a couple of seeds get knocked out. Our very own Aussie... Roddy, Roddy, no, Roddy Nova, sorry, <laughs> I'm not Russian. <laughs> Neither she, so that's okay. Well, not now, not she's now. Russian not, born. Not, not anymore. Is the only Australian left in the draw. Yeah. Uh, she's also married to big man Ty Vickery. Yep, shout outs to Ty. Uh, hopefully he's going okay at the moment at the local police station. Um, but it's also the first time, I've heard this this morning, since 1938, an Aussie male has not made it out of the first round. And what does that tell you about Australian tennis? It's in a bit of strife. And what do you know? If she didn't win, it would have been the first time in history of Australian playing in any of the glam slams did not make it through the first round. There you so go. lucky she won. And she beat the 16th seed and did really well. So um, hopefully she keeps going and keeps Australia's hopes alive, but I doubt it. Yeah. It's going to be a very tough draw for her. So uh, the other late-night sport for us Australians, especially Victorians, is the Tour de France, uh, which really uh, can be quite a good little moneymaker if you go about it the right way because everyone tunes in this time of year for one 21-day period to watch uh, to watch cycling and no one literally has any idea about the, the mechanics behind a peloton or, like, who's going to win what stages, what stages are suited to what riders... Um, so the odds are all over the place, especially from the bookies as well. Um, and so, there's, yeah, if you do a little bit of research, there's plenty of uh, plenty of room to move. Uh, prime example was last night's stage, so that will be on the Tuesday stage four. Uh, was a, a slightly uphill finish, um, and in that case, the, the the sprinters there you can get great odds on because the key sprinters, like guys like uh, Kittel. The bookies will go, oh, that's a flat-staged Kittel win, clearly. And obviously, he doesn't because he's, he's not an uphill sprinter. He's just a flat sprinter. And so last night, we had uh, Dumer have his uh, maiden win in a uh, Grand Slam, and he was paying nines. And then you had uh, strength sprinters like Greipel come in with a place. Um, and, uh, yeah, some bookkeepers do a place at a quarter odds. So he was paying three bucks for a place, which was ridiculous. He should be three bucks for the win. Um, and yeah, Jumeir was paying nines or something. So on the flat stages, is about there should be about 10 left. Um, even if you go for a spread of riders that you think might win or just just Google preview Tour de France and find the riders that are the lead sprinters each of their teams, 
You could even just go shotgun approach, spread across the whole thing. Um, and if you stake it out correctly, like Baz just mentioned, on the place versus win, um, it wouldn't matter how many you chose, you'd come up with a, with a profit. Slightly like arbitrage approach, I suppose. Uh, when it comes to overalls or uh, mountain stages, my advice would be to stay well clear. Um, we've already seen last night massive crashes have taken some uh, places, some guys out. So uh, the likes of Peter Sagan's left. He's been DQ'd for the first, well, for the first time in my memory of a rider being DQ'd due to a uh, riding mistake, much like in horse racing. So he was he was judged to have caused the uh, final crash coming into the final sprint, and because of that that reckless riding, he uh, been twelve for the rest of the tour. And uh, Kavich is left with him as well with a broken shoulder. So the stuff like that happens all the time. So there's not a lot of point. Uh, betting for an overall winner and on mountain stages it really depends on who uh, the peloton lets go um, and where they are placed so if, if you if you ride for a team that's not riding for the team uh, overall position or is not in the top 20 uh, the leading riders will just say off you go champ have your time in the sun have your time in the telly get that sponsorship money get that stage money um, I'm going to worry about the yellow jersey and so you'll see you know especially from now onwards uh, if it's a really hard mountainous stage, there'll be guys up there just gunning it for the stage, but you'll, you'll never, bookies won't even have it on the list. That's how that's how far outsiders they'll be. So don't waste money on the mountain stages. Save it for the sprints. Um, and when in doubt, Demare looks pretty good odds. Um, and now that uh, and now that um, Cavendish is out and Sagan's out, uh, it really opens it up. So you should get a lot of, a lot of good odds to uh, do a little bit of research on the sprinters and get some wins. What about the time trials? I'm a big time trial fan. Yep. Is there money to be made somewhere on time There trial? could be. Um, guys like Richie Port, but the ones that are going to win a time trial, everyone knows about. Yep. So you might not get the right odds. But if you're happy, you know, staying up for, you know, one, 180s to 190s. Um, that's still very decent, especially in, in horse racing terms. So for guys that are pretty much sure things, yeah, Richie Port to win both time trials really would be a good bet for those who want to stay up and watch the uh, watch the high tech events. So as uh, seems to be the want in the Victoria, we're going to have a little bit of focus on footy now. Looking forward to the weekend's games, and uh, like we did last week, we'll play a little game of uh, hit or pass. Starting off, of course, with uh, the Friday night would-be blockbuster as of round one, but uh, now is a bit of a fizzler. Adelaide to play the Bulldogs at Adelaide Oval. Uh, this game probably needs a betting angle to make it watchable. So, you really think that? The Bulldogs are cooked. I reckon it's game of the weekend. You reckon it's game of the weekend? I reckon this could be the game oh. of the weekend. Oh, hello. They haven't played at Amy Park since 2013. Yeah. Um... Now, why do they do average more, more than five goals a game, more inside 50 is a plus 10 at contested ball, plus five at clearances, and go inside 50 more? And they also do take a lot of marks inside 50, so I'm probably talking myself out as well yeah. as, as I, I do yeah, this. Yeah. I just... Everything points at the Crows. Yeah. But I still worry about their midfield, and the Doggies do have a better midfield. Yeah. They're, they're relying a lot on Crouch, both Crouch brothers at the moment to win the inside ball, get it to the outside runners... Sloan is still not having an impact and his history against the Dogs last three games hasn't got more than 20 touches so I think the Doggies with their midfield could even up this game yeah and I have a feeling it's going to be a real slog yeah a real unders game 170 I think is the total game I still think Adelaide win but I'll be taking in in the same bet multi uh, 
Adelaide to win into under 170, which will get you around 230. Even just taking Adelaide at 1 to 39 points will get you $2, $2.20. I think that's the angle for that game. And yeah, I just think it'll be, I think it'll be a great game. High pressure. Doggy's bound to pump a bit. Luke Beveridge just seems to get, has that bit of mastery about him. Yeah. And they've been copping a bit of flutter during the week for, you know, not not caring about games until they're under, they're four or five goals down and they come back. I just think they could come out and really you know, have a crack. All right. So just look back at the score, like the scoring from the Doggies in the last few weeks. They only scored 80 against the West Coast Eagles at home at Eddie Had. Uh, week before, they scored 107 against North. And everyone who listened last week realised how much disdain I have for North. Uh, week before, they scored 56 against Melbourne at Eddie Had. Week before that, uh, they scored 42 against Sydney at the SCG. So they, they just don't have a winning score in them since the bye to really, to really validate they're going to... They're gonna, they're going to get anywhere close to Adelaide at, at home. I, I have a, had a feeling you'll be coming at me with this. Yeah. And I have done my homework. Yeah. This average winning scores by round this year in the yeah. last four weeks have dropped. Yeah. So the first seven or even eight weeks, it was 100 or 100 more. Like there was two weeks of 98.6, 98.9. The rest were 119, 116, 113, 130, 109. Since then... There was 105, 115, yep. But then it's gone to 103, 94, 81. So it's really starting to drop. The fence is starting to take over a bit more, I think. Coaches had the buy rounds, worked it out. A bit more defensive mindset. Um, speaking to another guy who works in AFL Media, apparently it happens regularly about this time of year where the, the, the scores do drop. Yep. So I, and according to Twitter, when I mentioned this on Twitter, it's it's winter, you know. So winter does have an effect, apparently. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't think it does. I think I it's more yeah. to do with the coaching, but <laughs> you know, each their own. Yeah. Um, and I just think, yeah, the next few rounds, I think there could be some low-scoring contests. There you go. Um, yeah, that I would probably take a different approach. Definitely Adelaide will win, um, but yeah, I think I think Adelaide would just be too good. Uh, and actually, my best bet—I oh, not my best bet. My value bet for the week will actually be Adelaide to win by the line, and to, the match to go over the one seventy-three points threshold. So that's in complete contrast to battle again. Well, if you take the line bet, which is twenty-three and a half, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why not just take one thirty-nine if you think they're going to cover the line at two dollars twenty? Because then if they go, if they really smash the doggies, because I have no faith in the doggies. Okay, all right, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. I was, yeah. literal, literal no faith. Like they, the doggies, this could, this could probably end the myth that the doggies are good. Well, they, well, they lose this and they lose, you know, by a margin. Yeah, their season's cooked. Their season's cooked, and you, they stole a flag. And you know that I don't rate the doggies. No, but I just. I don't know, I just have this gut feeling. And yeah. sometimes... Sometimes it it's going to go with the gut. Yeah. So, fair enough. We're in disagreements, but... Uh, it's not for the first time. And not for the first time, but last time. Week. Here we go, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, second game, the early game on the Saturday, uh, Hawthorne versus GWS at what will be... If winter has an effect on games, then this game will be the most affected game of the season. Uh, middle of winter at the University of Tasmania Stadium in Launceston. Now, the line at this game is 15 and a half for GWS. That's short. That's a dollar ninety-five. Um, Hawthorne have been great the last few weeks. 
uh, really liking the young backman down there especially Sicily I think he's moved down back yeah it's been great Hawthorne at clearances until they played us last week we played him in the form they were 17th we were second yeah and they smashed us they kicked 5 goals for of clearances yeah and Tom Mitchell was just he only had 35 touches but he had more influence than he did when he had the 50 yeah um GWS they got another debutant I read today on Twitter he was telling everyone he's in a he's in a debut um are they missing too many players? Yes. Have they still at class? Yes, we've seen that obviously the last few weeks. I think they still win. 15 and a half looks good. I, I wouldn't be touching this game. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to, but if you were going to have a bet on this game, with the line at 15 and a half, dollar 95, that's probably almost too easy. Now, a lot of people, as you said, Bowles has mentioned his gut before in the Adelaide game, and a lot of people do, yeah, do kind of have that, that formal with the gut. The only football here, really, if you are a gut person, is that, you know, it's Hawthorne in Tassie, and there's this whole thing about Hawthorne doesn't lose in Tassie. And as much as this isn't the Hawthorne of old, it's still Hawthorne, and there's still enough players there to be like... There'd be enough chat in the, in the change room to be like, this is Tassie, this is a fortress, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that you MO sports players talk about at your own home games. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't touch it either. But, yeah, GWS to win and win comfortably. But, you know, winter in Tassie. This is this is more likely to be the unders game than the Adelaide Western Bulldogs in my, in my view. Now, this is a game that I thought, oh, value. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, don't touch this game with a 10-foot pole because... Yeah, it's it's too hard. Yeah, so, it definitely is too hard. I, I'd left this game to last when I was. Um, well, first off, the game is uh, Collingwood versus Essendon, the Anzac Day rematch. Yeah. Uh, forecast of maybe some rain, which in Melbourne could mean nothing or it could mean an absolute downpour. So really, that, that number will have a massive impact on the game that we saw on Anzac Day as well. But yeah, across your analysis. Well, all the stats point to us. Yeah, right. I saw that as well. Um, I was like, that's surely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All the stats pointed to us last week and, and actually most leagues because we do do well on clearances and win the ball and, and all those sorts of things. But we go inside 50 more and our, but our conversion for inside 50s is poor and that's probably speaks a lot for our disposal as well. Um, Essendon are definitely a cleaner team, but the last two weeks they've been a bit ordinary in the last quarter. I think last week was Heppel, Zaharakis, who I wrote off earlier this year and probably need to say sorry about that. Uh, Joey Danaher, Watson, and there was one more senior player that I've forgotten. Um, had less than... Tw- I had 12 touches combined Yeah. when the pressure was on. Which, when you think about it, how is that even possible? I've no idea, but it really speaks... You know, that's like two. That's two touches each in a quarter of footy from their leaders. and most of those guys play in the midfield or are the next link in the chain. Yeah, and it was like Mays and uh, Rob Robertson and stuff like that. They, yeah. they're the ones that, they had forty between them. Like, yeah, there was five players on the opposite side, and but I think Essen still win this game. I can't see us winning. I, I hope Bucks just turns to the kids almost. I've just started watching the uh, <laughs> Under Eighteen Championships, looking for who we can pick up in the top five of the draft and. Watching that's pretty disappointing as well. So there's not much hope at the moment for a kind fan because, yeah, a lot of the bottom ages are dominating the, uh, the under 18 championships at the moment. And the footy hasn't been great, which is a bit worrying for this year's draft. But that's another, that's for another time. Um, 
yeah, I'm steering clear of this game and hopefully calling it up to make me a bit happier on a Saturday. And uh, so we're not going to bet on the game, but what would be the uh, odds, do you reckon, for a yes-no buck stays in 2018? <sighs> Everything, I want bucks to stay. Yeah. But the more this happens, I just can't see him staying. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of doing some analysis and and research on our draft history and, and players on our list currently to what we've drafted, who we've brought in through free agency and traded in for compared to players we let go. And I think we've done all right with that sort of thing, but our drafting has been horrible and it, it's starting to show how many players on our list we've actually drafted in compared to traded in or free agency. And he's probably not the one to blame for that. No, no, There's no, a football yeah. department there and um, I think... Yeah, hopefully the review says a lot about our footy department that needs fixing, and I think we need a bit of an overhaul with a few things, uh, recruiting officers and CEO and stuff. But um, yeah, hopefully he stays and hopefully he proves everyone wrong because otherwise everyone's just going to know him as that bloke who never won a flag and ruined Collingwood for six years, and I think he deserves better than that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I reckon it's actually probably a line, a line better at the moment. I reckon. Book taker takes their mark and it's a dollar ninety each way, uh, and so uh, yeah, for the Bucks fans out there, it's a very important win I reckon this week. Um, talking earlier in the year to uh, Jacob Wiedering, clubs like Carlton and Collingwood that are, are still suffering at the moment, they understand how important it is for their fan bases to win games like this because even if you have a poor season, if you can say, "Oh, we beat Carlton, we beat Essen, we beat Richmond." you do those things it kind of keeps the fans happy and keeps that chatter a bit a bit softer um, but unfortunately for Bucks he's lost we've lost it, all yeah. those games we've lost yeah. all those games yeah and so Colin, yeah Collingwood, it's a lot. Collingwood fans are, are just really irate and now they're just like well buddy well let's just let's just rip up and start again so stay away from the betting point of view unless you want to put a bit of money on uh, Bucks to stay as the outsider um, and tipping wise yeah Essen makes Essendon makes sense only because Collingwood continue to fail us, not because they're the worst team. Uh, the Twilight game uh, is Sydney versus Gold Coast at the SCG. Uh, this will almost be as bad in a different way from the Gold Coast North Melbourne game, only because I think Sydney now, Sydney now, the Gordo hot take of the of the year will be Sydney will play in the grand final. Wow. That they are they are the form side. They are making a huge charge up, and if they make finals, which they will, they can beat anyone in those moments. Uh, and they will obviously win this game by lots. I don't think they will win by lots. Oh, there you go. I think they will win, and they will win comfortably. Yeah, but they're far, not, not by lots. Not, so you're just... not, not by more. <laughs> not by more than you know, nine or ten goals. Oh, I think it'll be. Oh, that's lots. I, not sixty points is lots. Yeah, but I don't think that will happen. I think it'll only be between. Th- 20 and 39 this is my best value but, oh there you go yeah so 20 to 39 points reason of this is Gold Coast yes they're flaky but actually the, some of the footy they're playing has been okay um, Sydney have, have won all five or five of their games have been by more than 35 points between 35 and 50 points and the only two other wins have been less than 10 points which obviously was against Richmond which was you know, they came back from 40 or down and were pretty lucky. And again, against Essendon, again, coming back late. Um, I just think the line's currently 37 points. I don't think... 
They've only been averaging 84 points a game the last four weeks, Sydney, and they've only been conceding 62. So it's been a defensive game. I reckon Unders is definitely on here as well. It's SCG or Ablett Most Disposals, if you can find that somewhere. He'll definitely be up there because Gold Coast are a very, very good clearance team as Sydney aren't that great, which is surprising considering you've got Kennedy, Hanbury, etc. And I think they've got a pretty decent ruckman who's starting to come over his show a bit, even though he's got a really bad haircut. Um, but I just think that they'll win by five, six goals. Yeah. They'll get the job done. And I think Tom Lynch is starting to get back into form and that might have a bit of a problem to his defence because they don't really have a big bloke down there. But I think, yeah, 20 or 39 points. I think the line's starting to blow out. It was 36 on Monday. It's now up 38 or 39. I think punters are getting this one wrong. So There you go. Fair call. Uh, I'd still say 30 points is a, is a is plenty. Like that's a win by plenty. It's a comfortable win. That's comfortable. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to get slacked, but they're going to win by enough. Yeah. It's not going to be... It'll, it's not a game you're going to be like checking on checking on your apps of choice or you know tuning in the fourth quarter to say, oh, it's tight. It's, it's not going to be tight. It's going to be, going to be comfortable. It's going to be, yeah, a classic SCG Sydney win. Uh, but some angles there, which is always nice. So we head across to the uh, two great, two fantastic. When they like, there was always complaints earlier in the uh, in my AFL journey that you know bad teams didn't get any showcase games. That has gone out the window for AFL because this weekend we've got Brisbane versus Geelong at the Gabba and St Kilda versus Richmond, and neither game is really that good. Uh, Richmond back to back away in inverted commas. Uh, Saturday night games um, but the first of which is uh, Brisbane versus Geelong uh, actually Brisbane you know like they're not going to win they're not going to win probably for the rest of the year because they're not very good but they've got some very good youngsters some very very good youngsters Hipwood should stay at Brisbane because he'll be the next Jonathan Brown uh, different I was going to say different player. different player but the same sort of like eminent personality um, there's there was lots of things like Hipwood's the next buddy, Hipwood's the next carry. Everyone needs to calm down on those hot takes, but uh, he'll be good and he'll be and he should stay and he should build that club. But they won't win. So uh, what's the angles here on that one to make it worth watching? On that McCluggage, I, I really enjoyed, didn't. He does enough McCluggage to show that he's gonna be a jet. Yeah. So they've got some. They've jets. got some jets. Oh yeah. I think Marston or Marston, the one that does the. Uh, Yeah, the shotgun, yeah. I think he's a bit overrated, but that's for another time as well. Yeah, yeah, look, this game isn't really... It's got nothing on it, does it? No, not really. Um, Brisbane haven't beaten them. They've only beaten them once since 2010 in the last 10 games. Trying to be too good. I think they spent the week away, actually. I think they... Yeah, went up early, yeah. Yeah, they, they stayed from the GWS. They've just gone up and stayed together, so that's good for them. But... You know, they played pretty... I think they played early in the year and it was pretty tight at half-time and then I think they kicked 10 to th- goals to three or something like that. Yeah. In the third quarter or the last quarter or something. I can't remember. I didn't really do a lot on, on this game because so I just looked at it and went... <sighs> nah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even if Geelong plays one good quarter, which they mostly do, it's usually the fourth, um, Geelong could trail this game by 30 points at three-quarter time and still win. That's... That's how that's how good they're playing fourth quarters. That's how much better Geelong are. And and last week in that GWS draw, Geelong really like really proved that yes, they have too much of a uh, dependency on on Dangerwood, um, and and 
Umpires, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, yeah, Geelong are up there. Geelong are probably Geelong are a better side than Richmond, and they should be in the top four. The long one is only so. thirty-three and a half, which yeah. is Brisbane win one game in Melbourne. Yeah, and, and it, next minute everyone's like, "There's a lot of skewed lines this week." Like GWS Hawthorne, yeah. Adelaide Western Bulldogs. There is a lot of skewed lines this week, I think, because. Punters and people just don't know where to go. Yeah. With the footy, it's just yeah. out of control. You look at the starter and statue, you go, well, they should be in, but they just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, which shows, if you get lucky, like I did last week, you can make a lot of cash. So uh, good luck to you all. And then, uh, yeah, the showcase game, the free-to-air Saturday night game, St Kilda versus Richmond at Etihad. The roof will be closed because it's cold and wet and wintry. So winter footy does not play a part here. Uh... Yet again, you look at it, even as a Richmond fan, you go, wow, we could lose this. This is a Richmondy sort of a game. Isn't it? They're all Richmondy sort of games because Richmond one of those games. Richmond's Richmond, Richmond, very involved. Richmond but what makes it Richmond. but what makes it more Richmondy is the fact that no one backed us to win last week except for this guy. And uh, we did. Which means well, it doesn't mean anything. It literally has Jinxes no one... don't exist. Yeah, Jinxes, Jinxes, that's what I say. I am the man who says Jinxes don't exist. But when it comes to Richmond being Richmondy, this is the most Richmondy thing that could happen, is that we have a massive win over Adelaide, we're in the top four, and now we lose, we drop one to St Kilda and we get like we get our pants properly pulled down. Um, well, history's against the Saints. They've won four games in a row since 2011. Yeah, but that's a jinx. That's not Richmondy. Richmondy is different to a jinx. Yeah, right. Well, I just... Uh, what's, the, yeah, what's, what's the stats saying? Stats say Richmond, though. Yeah. All over. And, you know... I, it, like, yeah, what Baz is about to say... Baz is about to say, Richmond have been playing good footy. No, Richmond <laughs> at the line at 7.5 is an absolute joke. And even head-to-head at sixty. Again, I know what's been happening in this year is just ridiculous, but you look at the form, they're in the top four... They should be winning this. Yeah. The only thing that I see is Secura need to win these games to make finals this year. But Richmond need to win these games to stay in the top four. Exactly. And Secura do play Richmond twice in the last uh, eight games left or seven games left, which I don't know why they play them twice, but they do. Yeah. And I think those two games will go a long way to where Richmond finishes in the eight and where if Secura make the eight. Cause yeah. And a lot of games now for Secura, eight-point games, I suppose you could say, especially with City making a move. Yeah. But there are a few teams dropping out, like the doggies and so on. So, but yeah, I, I would be. I, I, my, my head would say line every day of the week, but my heart's saying leave Richmond alone because I hate them and they won last week and <laughs> <laughs> cost me money. Yeah. Um, if you're a Richmond fan, you know, show your true colours and put, a, put some cash on at the line. Uh, if you're not, then just enjoy uh, what will probably be a very Richmondy performance, maybe. Um, yeah, no, no idea, really, no idea. Uh, Sunday, hopefully, I'll be waking up with a, a lovely Richmondy hangover, and we start the day off with North Melbourne versus Fremantle at Etihad, which is a very quick turnaround for Etihad, like for a surface that gets a lot of bashing for being quite poor, uh, or most likely be two under the under the roof games within twenty four hours seems a bit ridiculous, um, but that's what it is. So, uh, yes, North Frio, Frio versus St Kilda last week was borderline unwatchable. 
just to interrupt you, yeah. I, I wrote, I don't care about this game. Yeah. So I, I don't care anymore. There we so go. I'm we don't care. Skip it if you want. We, we literally stopped caring about North Melbourne. And, like, and Fremantle. Until you moved to Tassie North, we're going to stop talking about you. <laughs> and uh, Freo. The only uh, thing I love about Freo is, is Walters and Hill. And I've said to you before, Hawthorne miss Hill more than any other player they've let go. Oh, big call. Because he's outside run, he's silk with the ball. Imagine if they who, who misses who more? Hawthorne misses Hill or Port misses Burgoyne? Oh, Port definitely misses Burgoyne. Silk is a gun. Mm. Silk, he, he is silk. He that's is, why that's, that's his silk. silk. Yeah. But Hill, you have Hill getting the footy instead of Billy Hartung. Yeah. Goals. Goals. Running goals. You watch Hartung get the footy outside. Think, oh, he's looking good here. Then he kicks it. Yeah. It's, he belongs at Collingwood with his kicking. Yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, so sit on that don't watch it don't sign up to it don't follow on the app don't make a bet on it don't bother no one will go either way like there'll be there'll be less than 6,000 people there it'll be horrendous <laughs> uh, yeah shout out all North fans that's right there isn't one of you back to back sledges um, the showcase game this could be quite interesting 3.20pm uh, MCG that is classic Sunday football it just rings to the romantics anything more romantic with that would have been Sunday 3.20 at Princess Park um, but it won't do that until next year potentially uh, so Carlton Melbourne any angles here any chance of an upset not a betting game but one that I am really looking forward to watch but then I just realised I'm probably going to be driving back from Albury so I'll probably listen to it on the radio yep which will I'll definitely watch. if it's a good game I'll watch the replay uh, Melbourne obviously still missing a few they might get back Gartlett this week. They might get back Hogan. I think Hogan's definitely um, in, just from what I've been hearing. Uh, Viney, massive out. But the best thing about Viney being out is I've got a new man crush. Oh. He killed us the other week, Petrarca. Yeah. I'm loving watching him just yeah. do his stuff. Hopefully he spends more time in the midfield, which means I get to watch him in the replay uh, dominate. But Melbourne are a very high handball sort of the team and Carlton are very good with their pressure. If they don't bring that pressure, which sort of happened in the first quarter against Adelaide, they kind of got scored. There should have been more than four goals up Adelaide. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a massive game. And like I said, Jones has just been enormous. He's doing rancy sort of th- sort of things. I think he's better than Rance because Rance plays for Richmond. Um, <laughs> And I think Melbourne, they've had a few issues of late. Like, they had the players go out drinking. Obviously, Tom Bug last week. I don't mind the media stuff with Tom Bug. I, I actually like the Instagram and yeah, the yeah. Twitter. It's, we're both American yeah. sport fans, and they do a lot, a lot over there. But, unfortunately, our media take it a lot differently here. The difference is, though, with Bug is that, you know, when the guys are calling shots, it's 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 Lillard to Butler. It's LeBron to Durant. It's not... It's not bug, and then bug goes and punches someone off the ball. Yeah, look, the punch, the punch was wrong, but I, the Instagram stuff was fun to tell him and tell Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, 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 I totally understand all that. It's just that it's more the point of, if, you, if you're going to, you know, like, he is not, he, like, I'm going to say he's not an idiot, but then he punched someone in the face and got six weeks, so he <laughs> is an idiot. But, uh, like, he wouldn't be so ignorant to realise that the Australian media doesn't appreciate tall poppies and arrogance and blah, blah, blah. Oh. And so, and so... To do that, and not back it up. I feel like now he'll be, especially now that realistically he's not he's not cemented in Melbourne's twenty two. No. So he may have actually just cost himself a, a career. Because oh, I don't think he cost, oh, he's definitely is, a role player. Is he? But is he going to get another contract in Melbourne? He's had a contract this year. I still think and he won't play again 
he realistically won't play again I still think he, he'll either be at Melbourne or he'll be at another AFL club yeah I think he's got a role to play somewhere in the AFL probably probably come to us um no yeah like <laughs> four year deal at 700 a year or something yeah but yeah definitely not a a, a betting game I think I think the line was something stupid as well yeah eight and a half to Melbourne head to head's pretty on oh, Melbourne at dollar sixty five. Melbourne have been struggling to score without Watson and Garlett yep put those likes I think they struggled to score against Sydney I can't remember what they did the week before. So yeah, fifty points against Sydney, ninety-nine against West Coast in a in a way win, but a very contentious. But they had they had Watts playing. Yeah, um, they also had a few injuries from that game as well. I, I just I, I think it's gonna be a good game, and Carlton have been really really good. I'm waiting for Carlton's bubble to burst because these young players are playing out of their skin, and obviously they're being led by some great senior players in Gibbs and Murphy, Jones, yeah, um, Doherty, but surely. I'm just interested to see what Melbourne's tactics are with with Doherty and uh, Simpson, given what Hawthorne did uh, how last week and what Johannesson's been copying at the Doggies. I think Gary Lyons did on Monday night. I think halfbacks uh, won't get it as easy as they've had. Yeah. So I'm interested to see that. It's going to be a good game to watch anyway. I, I'm almost very prepared to go... If you're if you want a little you know a little heart over head bet, Blues are currently playing two dollars twenty five. That's very juicy to me. I reckon this could be a very much an upset. Um, and Blues in the under as well would be if you want if you want to have a punt on a Sunday afternoon, nursing a hangover from the ammo's drinking the night before. That's the way to do it. Go go Blues to win and the under. And it's probably going to rain and be a scrap fest and it'll be glorious to watch young blues coming up and, uh, and uh, you know, bashing up the uh, Silver Spoon Demons. So that's the way that's the way I see it. Like, that's not an out and out. That's not, it doesn't make my top four best of the week. But if you want to have some action on a Sunday, that's the uh, action to go for. Last game, we're going west as we always do. The Eagles versus Port in what I'm going to name the Pretenders Cup. Yes. These two are the most pretendity pretenders that ever pretended in 2017. They were both... I see Port made me look silly, and I don't like to look silly, but I said many weeks ago, probably five or six, that Port will be one of the two teams in the granny. You're not. You're not Port. You're pretenders. You'll, you will be lucky to win a final at this rate because you do not win the games. You're yet to beat a team in the top eight. In top 12, other than Sydney, you didn't beat Richmond in Adelaide. Despite the scars of that elimination final, you are pretending. And West Coast are much the same. West Coast last week, you came over and you beat a Bulldogs team just that have been struggling and scrapping, and you're meant to be this high-scoring team under the roof of Eddie Had, and you couldn't do it, and you're also pretending. And you'll make finals. You'll make them comfortable-ish if you win this game. But if you, if you don't, you could be on the slippery slide. So well, I don't mean the predicted to finish seventh, but that's. Yeah. I think we should do that one week as well. When about five, six rounds ago. Yeah. Have a look at the rest of the games, predict, see what our ladder's like. But again, I don't want to start talking out of turn. Um, West Coast last six games. I saw this stat and I, I couldn't help myself but yeah. look at it. So, Essendon. They lost. I would fifty-seven favourite. Ninety percent, ninety-one percent of tippers got it wrong. GWS lost. Seventy-nine percent of tips has got it wrong. Gold Coast lost. Seventy-two percent. Geelong they won. 
underdog. And 84% of tipsters got that wrong. Round 14 against Melbourne, 71% of tipsters got that wrong because they lost to Melbourne. And then against Western Bulls, they managed to get up again at 91% of tipsters got that wrong. So, ladies and gents, whatever you tipped on, you're wrong. <laughs> so, currently, Eagles are favourites, and you're wrong. West Coast do have Kennedy back this week. Yeah. And I think West Coast win. Oh, wow. So, that stat was pointless. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> But it won't be pointless next week when they lose, and I'm one of the 80 odd percent. It probably tipped it and got it wrong. So yeah, it's. I won't be watching that game. I'll check it on on the uh, yeah, yeah. sports made up later. See what happens. That's about it. There you go. Um, yeah, nothing doing for me there. The Eagles should beat up on them hard if they're any good, and they're not. So who knows? And that's that's the week in footy, uh, which brings us to the most exciting part of the podcast. Uh, our featured bets for the weekend and uh, I'll start with mine because we, we may have already heard Baz's best bet but uh, my best bet we won't be uh, potting in time for the release post of Next Origin but my best bet um, aka my like sure thing is New South Wales to win Origin and that's big that's huge they're paying eighty. they're the favourites small favourites going in to a game three in Queensland and as much as I am of well not Queensland but I'm from I'm a Storm fan so I'm a pseudo Queensland fan there's just nothing better than fans getting really jacked off and there'll be nothing better than to watch Queenslanders cry and the bloody Curia mail blow up when um, the Blue Baggers walk up there and uh, take that origin from them and say actually hey Get ready for a for a blue bagger uh, state of origin supremacy because all the young all the young people coming through are from New South Wales. So uh, yeah, get get used to that. Dollar eighty, uh, you'll cover your weekend if you uh, stay correctly. Yeah, my best bet was uh, well, I had two AFL best bets, and that was City twenty or thirty nine points and Adelaide to win and under total match points that game. Yeah, so that rolls into my value bet, which I'll just repeat. Value bet was Adelaide to win by the line at this stage minus twenty four and a half, and for the game to go overs uh, in a in a mould that breaks breaks this defensive coach's mould because uh, the the doggies are no good. That's three twenty five, which is good value. Now, exciting times. The shout the pub bet. Well, my shout the bar bet or the pub. Yeah, he's fancy. Baz is fancy. He goes to bars. I go to pubs. So. <laughs> Race two at Flemington this Saturday. Yeah. It's named The Thug. Yeah. Now, it's paying about 50, 60. I reckon you will almost get close to 100 to 1 on the day. Yeah. It's a very open distance race. Yeah. Or in my opinion, Russell and Scott Cameron, the trainers, don't generally send many to the city. It's fourth up this prep. It's been going okay in a lower grade carrying weight uh, gets a lot of weight relief here uh, it's been racing against a pretty smart one in Yogi on Wednesdays at Sandown it's been stepping up in distance each time finishing off nicely the barrier draw does not help it and that's probably the thing that's going to cost it probably would have been 30s maybe yeah. a decent barrier draw <laughs> but on Saturday there's going to be it's all finals day at Flemington for the winter championships and I think if you stake this one out, even if you've got a spare two dollars fifty in your in your skyrocket, just put put it on tomorrow night or Friday night when you're at the pub with your mates watching the footy, because I reckon it's going to be up there around the finish and just a bit of excitement for you. Very good. 
Uh, my Shut the Pub bet goes back to the Sunday inverted commas blockbuster. Uh, my little brother, shout out to, to Lockie. Uh, he loves the sports bet mega bets. Oh, he did until like always lost. Um, but I'm going with one this week. So Liam Jones to have 10 or more marks against Melbourne, paying eight bucks. Now, the most marks he's had in a game so far is nine. But I think against Melbourne, with, an, with, an, with Melbourne with their under uh, underman team, their midfield tactic will most likely be to try and bomb it long and lock it in. And if they bomb it long and try and lock it in, that just that just unleashes the Jones, the, the Jones, the Jones of the new, the AA Jones, the All Australian Jones. So to go one more mark in his personal best this season, it's not that far beyond the realms of possibility. And you stake it right, eight bucks, you'll you'll clear the beers that they are at the ball at the ball ring. So I think you're onto something there because they will be kicking long and direct to Hogan yeah. a lot. Yeah, they generally target Hogan a lot. Yeah, and that's probably what helped them with their little run when they didn't have Hogan because they had a bit more unpredictability. Yeah, and I actually that's actually a good bet. I might actually jump on that. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, to round out the bets for the weekend, the weekend's action. Uh, what's your weekend multi? Um, I don't really have a multi this week. I've just I've kind of left it alone. I've been pretty poor the last two weeks. So if you do have a multi, I do have one for you to chuck in. It's pretty short, $1.50, and that's Royal Symphony Race 4 at Flemington. Uh, it's above this grade, and we'll win this on Saturday. And then uh, McAvoy's already said that he's going to spell it. It's too early for the spring. He'll bring it back for the Autumn Carnival in Sydney. Uh, but I do have two other uh, decent value bets on the Flemington card. That's Race 6, number 8, Bullish Stock. Uh, very good win second up uh, good running on late last start at Flemington appreciates Flemington uh, I think it was set for this race uh, I haven't spoken to the owner I do know the owner so shout out to Jan um, they do have a, a bigger race in spring in mind so if it needs to run well in this to go to the spring it's appreciates a sort of distant enjoys Flemington as I said and it's around about $10 mark so again stake that out hopefully it runs on late and chases down whoever's in front and I'm going to go back to the horse we backed two weeks ago, Rough Justice. Takes on the same field, pretty much. Again, third up, so it should be fitter. Um, my only issue with it is the extra 100 metres. It's like stepping up to 1,200. It doesn't really, hasn't really got good stats at this distance, but again, this is a championship day. And I've, as I said last week, I have a feeling that a lot of these horses get set for this third or fourth up. So I'm going to, going to stick with him at $10. There's also two others in that race that... Um, I'm going to be having a few exotics around, um, and that is Ability, which beat it last start, and Duke of Brunswick. So there's some, some definitely giving you something there for Flemington on Saturday, and hopefully have some wins, and I'll be very happy next week, and I can head wobble and sledge people like you have throughout the pod about Richmond, and talk about Richmond and how bad Port are, and how much money you've made, and... <laughs> Get this back on an even keel. Yeah, definitely. And so my weekend's multi will take us to Sunday. As we kind of pointed out, only one of the three games in the AFL is worth watching. So instead of watching the uh, AFL on Sunday, head down to your local uh, Foxport uh, main event uh, subscribing pub and go and watch UFC 213. Two great fights rolling together. Uh, the first fight's middleweight interim uh, division championship just because there's this, this bollocks between uh, Michael Bis- Bisping and um, GSP. They're going to fight eventually for the actual belt, but they probably won't, and GSP's way too far gone, so that doesn't matter. This is actually the real title fight. So Ramonio versus Whittaker. 
if you've paid attention at all to UFC, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, it's getting more into a stand-up zone. So in the earlier uh, kind of generations of UFC, a lot of the ground fighters and wrestlers were having dominance because once you pull a striker down, they had they had no way out. A lot of the strikers now, and uh, Conor McGregor has kind of pushed that forward, is they're good enough on the floor to get out and defend themselves. And once they go hand-to-hand, standing up and striking, they're just way too powerful. So Whittaker's a bit like that. He's not quite as good as Conor, but he's, he's got he's probably a lot stronger with his punches just because he's got that extra weight. Um, so, yeah, first, the uh, co-main event, I'm going to have a Whittaker uh, just to win. Um, if you wanted to add more value to that, go for, go for a knockout. Um, but just a win, and then the women's bantamweight is the um, really the what it should be as well is the main event. Uh, Amanda News versus Valentina Shevchenko, and this will be an unreal fight. And for everyone, there's a lot of things. Just as a little, a little aside, uh, get on my high horse here. But a lot of people kind of been bagging women's sport in the moment. And, you know, they don't deserve pay. Like tennis, don't deserve the same pay because they play three sets versus five. That kind of thing. UFC is the sport that proves that women deserve to be paid exactly the same as men because these girls will throw down like any of the boys. And this will be unreal fight to watch if you're into the fight game. So Amanda Nunes with a record of 14-4 versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko, 14-2. Very, uh, very different fighters. Um, Nunes is your crazy, flamboyant, shit-talking uh, knockout expert. And if she doesn't knock out Shevchenko in the first round, she's probably done in this fight. Whereas Shevchenko is a much smarter, uh, lots, lots more, lots more, well, ring smarts or octagon smarts. Um, so that's definitely the way I'm going in this one. Um, both of the fighters I'm choosing, so Shevchenko and Wittek have just taken favoritism in the one, in, but very slim, so in the 190s. So roll them together for the weekend's multi and some good action on the Sunday. You'll get 338 to take both those at the win. In, in, any, in any means, including decision. So that's why I'm going to spend my Sunday afternoon. I'm just going to give you a quick shout. I actually forgot about this until I just double checked. The cricket starts uh, this weekend. Yeah. England, South Africa. Yeah. Always a great series, especially in England. Yep. Get on the Saffirs. Get on the Saffirs. Shout out to all our Saffir friends that play cricket, including uh, the Dillmeister. I think that's all we've got time for this week in uh, What Are the Odds? Uh, it was a great weekend for the G-Man. Not so much for the Baz, but uh, the Baz will bounce back, especially in the horse racing stakes. He knows his stuff. Uh, or at least so he tells me. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Hope you have a win, and uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday. I got a million wish for kidding. Yeah. Choose one. Hey, bring it back. Now double your money and make a stack. Oh, on to the next one. On to the next one.